Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and our guest today is Austin's own Jackie Vinson, who is also our first uh, musical creative guest on the show. So welcome to the show, Jackie. Hey, good to be the first, man. That's nice. Yeah, we're on, I mean, we're hitting episode, you're close to episode 100, so I'm glad to get you on, and it's really timely right. with some of the events that have been going on the last several, uh, last several weeks, and um, we've had a series of guests talking about those, kind of sparked the death of George Floyd, but, you know, the ripples nationally and also the ripples locally, and we're going to get to that and how you, you know, your place in that, uh, some recent news uh, last month. Um, but for those who aren't familiar uh, with your who you are, your artistry, can you give us a quick background of who Jackie Vinson is as the musician? <laughs> sure. I, I before, was a, the activist part, because you're an activist. <laughs> well, that was like, I, I'm calling it like accidental activist. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just crazy how everything just unfolded. But anyways, uh, I started playing the piano when I was a really young kid, and I went to college for playing the piano. And then at the end of college for playing the piano, I re realized that I didn't want to play the piano anymore. And I started playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. And you know, before that, when I was a teen, I'd also like taken voice lessons. And I was just kind of always interested in being a performer and singing and playing. And it's because it's something that my dad did professionally. And so it really rubbed off on me. I'm like, I could just lead my own band, sing songs and play, play some music for a few hours and then they give me money. That's all I got to do. Yeah. My dad's, like, my dad's like, yep. Easy peasy. And I'm like, <laughs> that is really cool. He's like, well, it's really hard, but like, it's worth it because playing music is really fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, made sense, you know? Yeah. My mom's job was hard too. And, you know, no job's really easy. And if it's too easy, then that's hard because then you're bored. So no matter yeah. what, it's going to be hard. So I'm like, okay, sounds yeah. good. I think that's what I want to do. It's like no, no risk of like injury. Mm -hmm. Just like, well, not like a high risk of injury. There's always, there's always a risk of injury. But uh -huh. And you went to Ber the Berkeley College of Music too, right? Yeah, I graduated in 2011, moved back to Austin and, uh, and started playing the guitar like immediately. And yeah. uh, the rest is history. And and I guess I really clicked with the guitar in a way that I never did with the piano. And uh, here we are. Yeah, we're talking for the show about Westwood High School. Yeah. Far South Dallas, right? <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, far no. South Dallas. <laughs> We're joking. She, I grew up in South, I grew up in far South Austin. I was like, just for so talking. You grew up in San Antonio. Yeah, pretty much. I'll give you that. Fair enough. Yeah. So North San Antonio. North San Antonio, the, the outer metro, if you will. Yeah. Yes. But for those that are familiar, <laughs> back in the day, um, if you lived in South Austin, you really didn't go north of the river being um, town lake for anything. And if you went, if you live north, there's no reason to go south because it's is it why? <laughs> so, why? It's like a forty-minute drive in traffic or more. Pretty so, much, and things haven't gotten yeah. better. So we'll see what happens. We get some light rail. Uh, so, Jackie, I want to start with uh, just one. How are you dealing with all this? I've asked several guests, uh, several past guests, this, but how are you feeling? Just as um, as a black woman, and what's going on uh, in the last several months? Let's, I guess, weeks. I guess. I've been uh, more emotionally exhausted than I thought was possible. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been really heavy because everybody like uses me as their go-to. Like everybody calls me. 
mm-hmm. which like it's not like a knock on the people calling me i'm glad that they have been moved to action i just wish that they had like a larger rolodex of black people <laughs> <laughs> i know the feeling yeah <laughs> so like what i'm saying is like it's uh, revealing that yeah. the rolodex is so small that i get called to do like interviews on this kind of stuff like twice a day for the last three weeks <laughs> it's been insane i'm like really I'm like, I'm the only person you think of. Well, to be fair, too, we'll get to that. I think it was because of a lot of it might have been because of the article as well and what and kind of the ripples from there. But also, could be I know, but like, <laughs> I know, but like, can it's like people have to imagine that I'm like kind of busy and that like maybe they could, you know, see the larger point and talk to. Like, I'm not the only black person that has stuff to say about this. Mm-hmm. So like, like, why does everyone gotta call me? It's like, call everybody, call everybody, give everybody a platform. It's like black lives matter, black voices matter. It's like, don't just call one black voice, amplify all the black voices. It's like, it just seems like the larger point is still not being understood. Mm-hmm. It seems that way. Um, the fact that like everybody like thinks to call me first. <laughs> and I'm like, like I'm glad you're willing to listen, but like I also just need you to see the point. The point is that we all matter, and we all would like to be included, and so call all of us, not just one or two of us. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I I fully understand. Um, and so in the Black creative community, especially beyond the ripples from what happened, or just with co- the impacts of COVID, which we know are widespread in the creative community. But particularly in the Black creative community, just what have you heard from? I mean, again, from people you spoke to, your colleagues, in that like how they've impacted. I mean, I guess by both, right? The double whammy of of uh, of COVID, which is still ongoing, and then the last <laughs> several weeks of uh, just protests um, online um, and and you know on the streets uh, around George Floyd's murder, and this ripples have come from that in terms of policy reform and the conversations that have. Uh, I guess that. The, nat- the, the, the resurgence of a national conversation about race. Yeah. The, like, 4,000th resurgence. resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think that the resurgence was brought about by resurgence was brought about by the uh, COVID thing because I think people just don't have anything to do. And so it's just somehow worse because they're already depressed because maybe they lost a lot of money or lost their business. So they're already sad. And then something truly profoundly and like, like traumatically for all of us, like as much as like people would like to think that racism doesn't affect them, they're wrong. I'm sure that no matter what skin color you are, you have experienced racial trauma in some way in this country. Um, It's like anything from like white guilt to like being the only black kid in school when they start learning about slavery. It's or like every like, something like that, and like uh. yeah, like <laughs> everybody, or or like having to change your personality or change the way you speak so that you can fit in at school. Like everybody, no matter what skin color, has gone through racial trauma in some way. That's what people really need to understand. This is something that screws us all out of really our our full potential. All of us get screwed out of our full potential because of this, mm-hmm. um, and. The challenge is to get people who feel like they're privileged and who feel like it doesn't affect them. The challenge is to get them to see that. And I think that for a split second during COVID, when George Floyd was being murdered in eight minutes and 46 seconds, um, 
I think people finally saw it for a split second. And, and I hope they don't forget because usually they forget. The last time people saw it in a split second, other times, I mean, other times people have seen this in a split second was Imitil or uh, when they televised the, the black people getting fire hosed. Mm-hmm. They're like, all the white people are chilling at home and they're not out of the protest. So they don't have any idea. And then a news station televised the cops just spraying down people with fire hoses. And for some reason that just like all the white people got real pissed, just the same way they are, they are now. Well, also in those cases in the 60s, right, that got broadcast to the world. And it's one of those things where it, co- so, it, puts, it puts a glaring mirror in front of you of like your moral, you know, what moral authority you have as a country, we have as a country to, especially at that time, to want to project freedom to the world when we're subjugating our own people at home. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, is that we've gone through these really, really big moments before. Mm-hmm. Many times, many, many times. Another one was like uh, for, uh, for like the slave days, another big moment was uh, when uh, Tom Sawyer wrote that w- was written. Tom Sawyer is the book, right? Yeah, it was, it was um, oh my God, I should know this author. But yes, Tom Sawyer is a book. Tom Sawyer, uh, it was when Tom Sawyer was released and it was one of the first publicly, widely, nationally released, like leisurely reading books that humanized a black person. It's the first time like ever that a, that a nationally public book, published book, uh, humanized a black person. Yeah, and then yeah. another, another defining moment was, it's really sad, but another defining moment was the performance uh, that the woman who did Mammy in uh, Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah. Another moment that was like, a, it wasn't as big as like Emmett Till or anything, but that was like another moment where people were like, black people are humans? Hmm. <laughs> like it's like that's the summary of the realization it's not funny uh-huh. it's just like it's, it's funny because like, it's true it's oh, sad funny i don't know like it's only thing you do is laugh about this stuff black people are humans huh you believe? yeah it's like these these are moments you where it's like, oh, yeah black people are humans and they've been going through hell and i've been contributing to it oh boy it was mark twain was the author it's like <laughs> like i'm serious that imagine treating imagine enslaving people and then imagine like after they're freed treating them noticeably worse for like decades and then a book comes out and it reminds you of this person that you live next to that you treat like shit and you're like oh i've been your maid your cook or your your nanny yeah exactly And and you start to like think about all the times that you were the bad person in the book that treated that character like shit and you're like Oh, just like now, all the white people in this country are realizing all the time somebody said or did something racist, and they didn't do anything about it. And they knew, and they thought it was racist, and they they thought, "No, I'm not going to do anything about that." And so now they're like, "Oh, it's the same." Oh, yeah. And we'll see. I mean, to your point, again, even and I, you know, even with the murder of George Floyd. I saw it, you know, whenever, whenever uh, I saw it, I went to the video, but the news, obviously, and it was, I told to a few friends, it's one of those things where you hope it never happens again, but honestly, history, like, it's, it's, this has been going on, it's happened, it's happened since other, other incident or other, you know, murders and, and, or, and or incidences have happened prior to that, and. And immediately like, after that. Yeah, and like, you know, as a coping thing, you know, and again, I can't speak for all black America, but 
how what how I've explained it to just my my friends who are who are white is that what's been what's been the draining thing about all of this is if I had to think about every person that's been black person male female you know kid child or adult that's been murdered that's known or and the, and the unknown ones for sure no, it, would, it would literally it would yeah a lot more unknowns it would literally it would break, it would break me emotionally because you couldn't yeah you you have to to survive in this country particularly in the, you know I'd say we're not in the same fields but 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 just to want to excel in something where you're going to be the only face, you have to put some of that, like not almost in a box to function. And for me, what's happened the last several weeks, you're seeing it just daily in your face and remind it. And I, I never forget it, but it's just, it go, it has, I have to put it into place. Otherwise it's just going to wear me down because those people look, are the same as me. There's no difference. And I know that right. Every day I walk in the door is no difference. And I think about yeah. all the times I was a kid and running around in Austin, and what what made me different from not getting an issue with a cop or anything else, right? And yeah, all that. And it can it's draining. Um, yeah. And so on more on a positive front, yeah, on growth front. I mean, so I want to get to your June second, uh, or at least article that came out June second in Austin three sixty, that was spurred by a letter you put out. I think the same day, the prior day, and this relates to a you know a well known Austin event, Blues in the Green. Um, yep. Due to COVID, it's now blues on the screen. It's gonna be a straight live <laughs> event, but fair enough. And I want to get to and what you know what sparked my interest in wanting in the show was one what you wrote, and then we can get to the ripples that came immediately <laughs> after that. Yeah. So what to you? I'll to you. Oh, okay. So the, it started off with uh, I sent out a Facebook post uh, demanding that all these talent buyers who are posting black squares in solidarity and I put solidarity in quotes, mm-hmm. um, that they actually mean it when, you know, things come back and they start booking their clubs and their concerts and their festivals and their city events again. It's like, you guys say that you stand in solidarity, but let's see the next series you book and let's see how much diversity is really on it. Like, let's see. And I am looking at you. And that was what the post said. And because I'm tired of performative stuff. I'm tired of I, I'm well aware of every single O moment in the history of this country. And um, I'm tired of O moments only moving the needle one millimeter forward. I'm tired of not inching forward, but like centimetering forward on this topic. I'm tired of it. And there are some things that could change tomorrow if you just turn the heat on and put the work in. And that's what I aimed to do with that post. It's like, look, I'm turning the heat on right now and I'm watching you. Mm-hmm. And um, so then two days later, I get offered a blues on the screen lineup and the other two people are Bob Schneider and Shiny Ribs, two 100% white bands who have also already played blues on the green two times each. So they've already done it. Right. So I'm like, and then and then me, I'm like, OK, so you think I'm going to send out a post like that and then get on this bill two days later? Are you kidding me? Reddit would find out about it and rip me apart Mm -hmm. facebook would be like jackie did you get hacked two days ago because like what the hell is this bill where you're obviously the token like what the hell is this bill how are you going to send out a post two days ago and then join this bill the internet would have ripped me apart i had no choice i had to say no and not only did i have to say no i had to tell them why because it's not enough to be not racist anymore. It's not enough to say no and not be a part of it. They need to know why. 
they need to know what they're doing and they need to be called out. That's being anti-racist, defying it, calling it out, trying to fix it, working to fix it, putting your reputation on the line to fix it. You know, the thing that the Dixie Chicks did 20 years ago, that's, the, that's what I'm talking about. It's not enough to not support George Bush. It's not enough. It's like, no, no, people need to know that this is messed up. And they got smacked to the wall for it. And then 10 years later, everybody apologized to them. Mm-hmm. 10 years later, everybody said, you're right. They took on the very difficult task of risking career opportunities to say something that was happening was not right. That's the, kind of, Go ahead. that's the kind of attitude you need. That's what you need to be. It's not enough to be not racist anymore. You have to be anti-racist. You have to see racism and you have to call it out and you have to defy it actively. Yeah. So I had no choice. When I was offered that bill, I had no choice but to say no. And I had no choice but to tell them why and to try and get them to change. Be like, hey, what you're doing here is wrong and here's why. And then that started this whole email exchange where we got like all of these just like terrible excuses, just the worst excuses. Like, oh, there's not enough black creatives in this town that draw a crowd. First of all, wrong. Second of all, um, it's an online event. Draw a crowd to what? Mm-hmm. It's on television. People don't watch TV. The people that do, do. And the people that don't, don't. So if you look at your numbers from last week, I'm pretty sure Fox 7 could tell you how many people are going to tune in on this day and this time. Because it's freaking TV. <laughs> like, it's very predictable. Data is there. Like, just like, it was just BS from all angles, right? And so then after that, the paper caught wind of the whole thing. Oh yeah, by the way, they, they ended up not satisfying my request for an all black lineup, even though it was like a really, really compelling reason why. Um, and then they phased me out of the opportunity altogether. They booked two other black artists. And that's when it got salty. That's when it's like, oh, I was like, shots fired. And that's when the <laughs> paper caught wind of it. Yeah. And, uh, and then it was just crazy like 48 hours of just like 3,000 shares on this article. Like everyone in town heard about it. Like everybody, man. Um, There was like direct quotes. There was nobody denying that the direct quotes were direct. It was like, Uh it was just like, boom, heat all the way up to high. And then the water started to bubble and it almost boiled. And then, then they apologized. Uh And then now I'm curating it and it's, now it's an all black lineup for this one who's on the screen and going forward um it's a committee of people who book this show now it is no longer one guy mm-hmm. it is one guy as well as like four or five other people do you know is that group made is it is it um you know POC or persons of or persons of color or yes i mean yes. you still have a group and like the group itself doesn't really you know what i mean like who has the power and is it Nope. It's a. Uh, it's like there's gonna be like think like provisions that they have. Like mm-hmm. I think the first I'm going to heavily suggest um, after this committee is assembled, I'm going to heavily suggest um, certain provisions, and they'll probably get through. Like provision number one, first and foremost, nobody who's ever played that show should ever be able to play it again. We have thousands of bands in this town, thousands. So nobody who's ever played that show should ever be able to play it again. 
And that, uh, that just that provision alone will eliminate so much like corrupt BS. Just that one alone would eliminate so much. And then after that, um, another provision is probably going to be, it just needs to be a really colorful bill. It needs to be every spectrum of the rainbow when it comes to race, gender, um, gender identity, or, uh, you know, just like, it's going to be like representative of the Austin community, not, not like, uh, Hey, we're trying to be the biggest, baddest, uh, you know, this headliner has a million Spotify plays a month. It's not going to be that bullshit anymore. It's going to be a community event for the community by the community, basically. Good. So on the lineup too. So oh yeah, your show is going to be streamed, is it streamed or it's going to be shown on Fox 7, Austin's Fox 7 on Wednesday, July 8th. Is it going to be streamed anywhere too? Like on YouTube or, you know? <laughs> At first uh, they weren't planning on it, but I think I talked them into it and I'm going to follow up with them on that tomorrow, Monday. Yeah, we'll be like, hey, so I have a comprehensive streaming plan here. Just give me the file when it's done and just let me handle this. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> That's basically point. what I'm going to tell them because, like, the thing about my page, first of all, it has 100,000 followers. Second of all, I'm the person curating it. So if it's going to be hosted on any page, it should be hosted on me and then ACL Radio's page. But the thing about Facebook is that you can cross-post. Mm -hmm. So when I post it onto my page, it'll automatically make it pop up on, like, however many pages. And all I need is to contact the admins of each of these pages and get them to give me access so it's like yeah i'm definitely 100 percent going to talk them into letting me just handle the the streaming aspect of it yeah it, it's, i'm like if it doesn't go on the internet only like 30 percent of the city is going to see it yeah i think to your point too oh well, just having i'm really curious to see what those numbers are presuming you get it streamed and even the, the fox's numbers or the audiences right because a lot a lot of things i think people the majority of folks in the city forget that. I mean, there's, it's not so much that like black people, I think black Austinites, a lot of it, they just don't find, or at least participating in things in the city is just they're not finding areas they want, they feel comfortable being in, right? Like, you know, whether it's blues and the green, and like I grew up, I mean, I grew up in a predominantly white environment, right? So going to blues and the green for me isn't something where I feel, you know, just uh, disconcerting, I guess, right? Or out of place. I've learned just to, overcome that thought my mom because you are you know you're one black face in a room full of white i mean it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a human thing like the tribe right you feel out of place and to overcome that i mean again it's some of it is just a conditioning thing right where you've, you've been around things your whole life and so you're used to it if you will but if you're not right and you know as you know the black experience is is vast and broad in terms of uh, what you've done or the, your, your your backgrounds it can be just disinviting you go to the event you see the crowds and what's going on and you just don't feel culturally or anything really tied to it right and but when you do there you know, there have been events i've seen uh this group black i talked about this with another show but black the group called black violin it's two brothers yeah. right so they came to play a show at the long center and i went you know and just saw i'd friend i'm on i'm on, I'm on the board for the long center i had friends who i didn't know you know, we used to have marketing stuff, maybe emails to, the, to Austin and, the, you know, ticket lists or everything else. But that show, I had friends who I didn't even know really had ever gone to the Long Center. They'd heard about it from advertising, normal advertising. But what they saw was something that they felt connected to, right? And one thing that it came up, I think, one of your quotes in the Austin 360 article um, was about that just, and it goes beyond blues in the green or blues in the screen. There, there are things in the city that, um, 
overall, black people just don't feel across, not even you incorporating socioeconomic levels, they just don't feel comfortable or feel like that's for them, right? And it's yeah. nothing to do, it's not even, a, you know, kind of a, it's not even a, something that's blatantly done to make them feel excluded. It's just, it's just the cultural thing sometimes. I think it can be blatant. Yeah, fair I think, enough. Uh, I think Texas Relays Weekend is blatant. Texas Relays, that's a joke. That's a Half good the bars on 6th Street close on a Saturday night and a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Really? When, when they, uh, when the they did same the- Friday and Saturday night every year. Those are the two nights you, you decide that you want to take like a $50,000 loss. Mm-hmm. Really? When they did the Black Austin Matters um, painting downtown, I had a friend, I posted it, and I had a friend comment on my wall, uh, just, well, I hope they have the same kind of energy when the relays comes back to town, because it's true. They right? won't. They won't, yeah, probably not. I mean, it's, And you know it's what, I'll be here, I'll be here making sure everybody hears about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Don't worry about it. By then, I'll be up to 150,000 followers. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, can you talk about your lineup yet at all, or... At least any. Yeah. Yeah, please. I want to hear who's in the lineup. Uh, Lavelle White, Alicia Lani, um, Sam Houston, and Kid Jones. All right. Yeah, um, put us. It's like blues, then R&B slash neo soul, then rock slash R&B, and then just like straight hip hop because I'm about to smack this town in the face with some hip hop. <laughs> we have not had That's enough hip hop, and like seriously, I'm about to smack this town in the face with so much hip hop. Is the is the lineup uh, posted anywhere yet? Like, is this um yeah? Is this yeah. Okay, we'll check that. Oh, I'll have that in the show notes. For sure, yeah, it's been announced and it, it airs on July 8th and uh, I'm going to make sure it streams, but it's definitely going to be on Fox Fox 7. No, we'll definitely we'll get that reshared and posted all over the place. So. Uh, well, Jack, you want to get back to the the work you're doing and just, you know, promoting your music and Austin scene and, and I'm, you know, however it happened, getting into activism in your way, but leveraging your, your, yeah. leveraging your voice and, you know, leveraging it to open doors, right, yep. which is key. Where you want to call yeah, about or, or busting the doors open or like having to like get a crowbar and just work that door for a few years until it flies open, you know. By any means necessary. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, I'll leave any parting words from you just to, you know, up and coming musicians in the city of color or otherwise and just really finding their voice. I mean, anything, anything you want to say, I'll leave it to you. Well, I will say this. There was a certain amount of participating in the game that I had to do in order to be able to get the platform that I have. So basically, as if you're a Black creative in this town, if, if you see inequities and you want to change them, uh, just really think about it. You got to be really smart because like, the, the thing about racism is that it evolves. It's like a virus. It learns and it gets smart and it gets ingrained into really sinister ways to where you can't prove it, to where you try to call it out, but it can't be proven. And so then all that ends up happening is you get discredited. So the thing is just be smart, be smart with how you fight this battle. And it sucks that we have to emotionally deal with this and, as, and also be tactical and strategic about it. But you know what, it's also what makes us gods and goddesses, man. It's what makes us truly amazing people. We've been able to live under these conditions and still excel, still become the president of the freaking United States, still be, you know, eight out of 10 of the top earning artists in this, in this country, eight out of 10 of the, of like the top 10 artists in this country are black artists. 
So it's like, yeah, it sucks that we have to take on this weight, but you know, it's, it's just, we're just fighting the good fight, just like our ancestors did. And so what I'm saying is if you're going to see this stuff and if you're going to want to change it, just be smart about it. Be smart about it. Build yourself up, get to a place where you can fight it. Um, try not to be impulsive. It's easy to be impulsive because a lot of this stuff trigger, triggers us, you know, but try not to be that way. Just breathe and have your support system and just be smart and fight the good fight. All right, Jackie, thank you for your time and look forward to seeing your show on July 8th and on your platform and other platforms. And again, keep doing the great work you're doing in the community. For sure, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me on here and thanks for doing this podcast. This, this is also fight the good fight and I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.